All right, good morning. Welcome to Adult Discipleship. Uh, we have been talking about particularly how to grow as a Christian. And um, does somebody want to summarize for me what that means? What, what I guess technically they're spiritual disciplines, but what does it mean? Uh, how do we grow well, as a Christian? How do you grow in Christianity? How do you grow? Like, what are the ways? We become more like Jesus. How do we do that? Not by trying really hard, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, trying is part of it, but not... No, stop it, we're not Catholics. I keep hearing nonsense. This is no penance. Repentance, yes, no penance. Sanctification. Sanctification is the process of which we grow, absolutely. How do we grow to be more like Jesus? Use his means. Use his means. What are those means? The Bible. The Bible. Read it. Read it. Okay, thank you. Man. Read it. What else do we do? Pray. We pray. We what? Gather. We what else? We take the hearts like 318. 318. All scriptures. Is that all scriptures? Read that by God? No. Grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord. Yeah, that's what it is. I have to go backwards. <laughs> Doesn't work for me to just do that. Anyway, um, what else? What does it mean to grow? How do we grow as Christians? We got prayer. We got Bible reading. We got gathering. What else? All of that is futile if the Holy Spirit does not in us, yeah, absolutely. And um, if somebody want to, does somebody have their old one of their old uh, pamphlets? The pamphlets that I handed out last week and week before, the same ones. So, Bible, confession of sin. Confession of sin. What else? Fasting. Fasting. Evangelism. Evangelism. Serving. Stewarding. These all sound like good things. Yes, they all are good things. Uh, I've noticed that the art of rhetorical questions is something that is lacking in our as, as a as a um, a speaking tool, and so I might do rhetorical questions a lot, especially in my own teaching. But I'm not asking you rhetorical questions right now. I'm, I want to ask only answers. So. Uh, anyway, we're going to do. Today we're going to cover Bible intake number two, part two. And before we get there, I want to read a psalm for you and then we will pray. Um, let me get there. I might even be able to. Psalm 119, verses 1 to 8. Blessed are those who way, whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong but walk in his ways. We have com commanded your precepts, you have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Then sh I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. Let's pray. Oh, Father in heaven, 
You've given us this wondrous book, this wondrous word of yours, so that might we, we might be changed to more and more likeness like your son. Lord, we pray that this morning helps us learn the ways that we might be transformed by the renewal of our minds, that we might look at your statutes and say, Lord, they are good. Keep me from ways that are not your ways, Lord, and help us to work and will for your good pleasure. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I do not have a handout for you today. Um, this week has been one of, uh, we'll say, tumultuous, stormy. I don't know how you want to. It's been crazy. It's been a rough week. Um, not rough like termites swarming in my house that I just found out about my brother's house, but uh, rough in general. But we're going to talk about other ways uh, of Bible intake. So I want to hear from you. We have talked about three aspects of the three aspects of primary Bible intake, which is hearing the word, reading the word, and somebody else want to give me the last one? Studying the word. We're going to get to doing in a second. Studying the word was the third one, right, from last week uh, and the weeks prior. You may not realize that that's what all we were talking about. That's what we were talking about. Um, but today we're going to talk about how to hide the word of God in our hearts. Okay, so I want to hear from you. What do you think it means, and how do you hide the word of God in your heart? Memorizing scripture. That's a great one. Good answer. Memorizing scripture, 100%. What else? Singing scripture. What would you say? Singing scripture. Singing scripture, yes. Meditating on scripture, yes. What else? Hiding makes me think like having it ready. Having it ready, like a sword on your side. But it like talks about that in Ephesians, very particularly. How about one more or two more? Journaling, kind of a meditation act, right? Journaling about the word. How about learning the word? So we have we're going to talk about four aspects in this lesson today: memorization, meditation journaling, and learning the word. Because we want to be people who are men and women of God. And to become men and women of God, we need to know the word of God so well that it is at our side when we need it, right? It is present, it is powerful, and it can be used at a moment's notice, either by ourselves or by the spirit through us. So number one, we're gonna look at those four activities. Number one, we're gonna talk about memorization of God's word. Tell me. Tell me, how do you memorize scripture? How, how have you tried to memorize scripture? I would venture to say some of us have tried and failed many times, but how is it that you have sought to memorize scripture? Go ahead. Write it down over and over. Yes. Write it down over and over, not for a punishment like I did with many times filling many notebooks. I, you shall not steal, you shall not steal, you shall not steal. I, I have a notebook that's that large. Be slow to speak. Slow to speak. Yes, yeah, slow to become angry. Uh, 
Memorizing notes, writing it down. What else? How else have you endeavored to memorize the word? Laminated note cards and carried it around and reviewed it every day. Yeah, consistently engaged with it on a regular basis, right? So that you might finally bring it to heart, right? How else have you memorized the scriptures? How else have you memorized the scriptures? I try to memorize scripture that I'm also studying because I find that that helps me memorize it better. So I'll remember, I'll take time in the day, like five minutes in the morning or evening, and just go through the verse, and then I'll just kind of pick it apart and remind myself what I studied about it. Yeah. So I think what we've kind of heard just in the three types or the three ways that we've talked about so far, that memorizing takes work, right? Number one, it takes work. It also takes time, right? Uh, we carry that laminated card around us with us so that we can consistently look at it, right? We look at it over and over and over. It takes time. But it also takes consistency, right? Um, how, I mean, how many times have you endeavored? I want you to think about it, not tell me. Uh, how many times have you endeavored to memorize scripture only to fail miserably and to realize weeks later that you haven't even engaged with that scripture that you set out to memorize? Uh, me, what? yes. Um, how is it that we uh, seem to, why is that? Why do we forget to memorize scripture? What, what is it in our lives that gets in the way? Right? I think it's, number one, we make excuses for not memorizing scripture. It takes work. It takes time. I don't have the time, nor the consistency. I am busy, 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 busy. Well, guess what? If you're busy, 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 the best thing in life is being traded for a okay thing in life. The best thing in life is to know the Lord and his commandments, to know Jesus, to become like him, is being traded for your busyness. No trade the Lord for your busyness. That's point number one. If you want to memorize scripture, you must Make a conscious effort to want to know the Lord and his word in such a way that it is hidden inside of you at a point at which you can verbatim call upon it when it needs to be called upon or when the spirit calls it to memory. I don't have time. Life is busy. These things are good, are, are not good excuses. How about this one? I don't memorize things well. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, D, J, K, L, M, N, L, P. You memorize things, right? Now, you may not memorize things well if you try to brute force it, like what Thomas was talking about, like writing down the scripture over and over and over. You may not learn it well that way, but there are other ways to learn things. You've learned a lot of things in your life, and your brain has a way of storing all that up, right? It doesn't just, like, eject stuff. It never gets really full. Um, your brain is even has more capacity than you would ever, ever think that it has. So to say I am no good at memorizing things is to say that you have not tried to learn to, memorizing thing, to memorize things in, in my experience. So um, humbly, I submit to you that you can memorize Scripture. There is, it's funny how we can memorize a whole bunch of other things but not Scripture. Tell me something that everybody can memorize really well. Song Song lyrics, I can quote 70s music to you like there's no tomorrow. 80s hairband music, I can quote it to you forever. Um, but why is that? I don't know. Repetition. 
Repetition. It's catchy. We have multiple engages, multiple senses being engaged, right, with music, right? We've got a lot of different types of things being engaged. And so I can I submit to you, you can memorize scripture. It is very possible. Um, uh, what, what's another thing that we all know and can quote at each other over and over and over? Lines. Movie lines. Thank you. I was going to say the Princess Bride. The Princess Bride. <laughs> yes, I can quote to you the Princess Bride almost front to back. Christmas story. A Christmas story. I actually can't. So that's that. That is something I cannot do. But <laughs> how about the Lord of the Rings? If I'm, we, we all can memorize things. We all memorize things. So the excuse I'm no good at memorization is to say I haven't learned how to memorize things yet. Um, specifically this thing. And uh, I just want to throw one out there. If you don't know who the corner room is, the corner room sings uh, ESV Bible passages and puts them to song. Right? And so um, the, the reason why I know uh, James 1, 3 to 6 so well. Consider it joy, my brothers, if you meet trials of various kinds that you know the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. So let steadfastness... You got me? They put the whole thing to some. And so now what, what, what else? Uh, praise the Lord. Uh, Psalm 106.1. Praise the Lord. I mean... The corner room. The corner room. And they're now doing it with the Sermon on the Mount and a couple other projects that are coming. The Psalms are being put to school. Anyway, if you want to know some, memorize scripture, memorize it through lyrics and like song lyrics, that's, that's a great way to do it. We sing scripture so that you might memorize it. And you may not realize it's been happening, but that's what we're doing. So let's talk about number one. Why do it? Why are we to Memorize. What are our motivations to memorize? Number one, motiva- motiv- memorization supplies spiritual power. We, we read this morning, I read this morning, Psalm 119, 1 to 8. But Psalm 119 is chock full of us to why you should memorize scripture, why you should store it in your heart. Psalm 119, 11 says this, I have stored up your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Right? Memorized scripture helps us in our time of need, often making the difference between falling into temptation and standing in obedience. Okay? So it's often the difference between falling into temptation, therefore sinning, or standing in obedience. But take this to heart. 1 Corinthians 10.13, by the way, we're preaching through 1 Corinthians from now until eternity. Uh, but 10.13 says this, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with every temptation, he will also provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Sometimes that way of escape, God promises, will be through memorized scripture that comes to mind and fends off temptation. That the way out of temptation isn't necessarily an action or a magical doorway that appears out of nowhere. It may just be bearing a trial with contentment in your heart. And the word of God is that source of contentment. Um, I promise not to take my wife's teaching 
next week for the women's gathering. But contentment, the reason why you are not content is because you do not know the Lord enough. You are not familiar with his ways and his works and his will. And so the more and more scripture you can have poured into your heart, the more and more content you will live. Your life will be more content. Because as you understand and know and grow in the Lord, contentment also grows. When you know the one who provides the blessing of contentment, you grow in contentment. That's how this works. Can someone please turn to Proverbs 22, verse 17 through 19? Remember, memorization supplies spiritual power. Point number two. Memorization strengthens your faith. So if someone has Proverbs 22, 17 through 19, please read loud and proud. Yes. Incline your ear and hear the words of the wise and apply your heart to my knowledge. For it will be pleasant if you keep them within you if all of them are ready on your lips, that your trust may be in the Lord. I have made them known to you today, even to you. Essentially, learning God's word grows our trust in him. Memorization repeatedly reinforces the truth of his word and will grow, grow our trust in him even more abundantly than before. If you don't have the, the, the if-then statement here is if you do not have God's word hidden in your heart, you will have some other word hidden in your heart. And we all have a bunch of words hidden in our hearts that need to be subjected to the one who gives life. And what we have a bunch of words in our hearts that make us go, well, I'm not feeling seen right now. And therefore, guess what? I need to be seen. I need, I need, I need. But your faith is strengthened by your memorization of Scripture, and that memorization of Scripture should tell you that your needs have been supplied by the Lord, that you are to grow in the wisdom and knowledge of Him and Him alone, that your needs are not to be something to be anxious about, but to trust the Lord with. The Word changes how we look at needs and wants. I want a new car is not the same thing as I need a new car. Memorization strengthens our faith. Memorization also, number three, equips us for witnessing and counseling. Proverbs 25, 11 says this, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. It's kind of, it's kind of beautiful if you think about it. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. You have great potential for good when you speak into someone's life with the authority of God's word and not just your opinions. The person with the word laid up in his heart will be able to be able and prepared to faithfully preach the gospel to the lost or to speak into the lives of fellow believers in a helpful way, even to minister to themselves in the midst of trial. When we do this, we are fulfilling the work of the ministry that we are being called to. Every one of you, if you are in Christ Jesus, are being called to do ministry. Your ministry may not look like the elder, pastor, deacon, or anything like that. 
but you have the ministry of Christ, which is to make disciples of all nations, starting with yourself and working outward. Memorization equips us for witnessing and counseling. Number four, memorization is a means of God's, gui- God's guidance. Psalm 1924 says this, your testimonies are my delight. They are my counselors. Psalm 16 says, um, in, a, in a slightly similar manner, and I'm going to read it to you because some people, I've had other people ask me about this particularly. Um, I bless the Lord, 16 verse 7, I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. Right, He gives us counsel through his word. In the night also my heart instructs me. Um, this, is a, this can be kind of confusing because your heart, according to every, and a lot of other places in the Bible, is wicked beyond all comprehension, right? That you, so why would it say that my heart instructs me? Well, if you've hidden the word of God in your heart, then your heart will be the fountain of blessing because God is using it to bless you and others. Memorization is a means of God's guidance. Christians cannot accomplish any of their tasks in life without God's guidance. Memorization keeps God's word at the ready to lighten dark paths when faced with situations that we cannot understand otherwise. Memorization is a means of God's guidance. Number five, and our final one, memorization stimulates meditation. It is nearly impossible to meditate upon Scripture without it having it first memorized. Um, or, I, I say nearly impossible, only because some of us can read and meditate at the same time. I can't do that. That's not me. I have to know the word, what it says, and then hide it in my heart and mem- med- meditate upon it after that. Consider it joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. I have meditated on that one verse longer, I think, than most other verses in the Bible. And the reason why is because our life is full of trials, <laughs> right? And so what is James telling us to do? Consider it joy. Consider trials joy. How hard is, how hard is that in your life? How, how real is that in your life? Can you consider your trials joyous? It's hard. It's hard. But when you know that it... The the testing of your faith, it's testing your faith to produce steadfastness. And steadfastness is given to us for its full effect, that we may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Now you have a reason to consider it joy. So memorizing scripture stimulates meditation. Now, let me talk to you. We've all had this like work in our life where we probably try to memorize something in the Bible and just fail miserably. So I want to give us a method of how to memorize scripture. Okay, we've talked about three of them. Um, brute force is what I would call Mr. Thomas's writing it down. Uh, uh, continually being immersed in it uh, is what I would call the, the whole, uh, put it on a card, keep it in your back pocket, look at it on over and over and over. Singing it is another way to hide it in our hearts. But I first believe that first you have to decide that you can memorize scripture. It might seem pedantic, it might seem small, but you have to decide that you can memorize scripture. The question that we must answer is, will we do it? Can is ability, 
But will you is another question. All that we need is an understanding of the power of God's word and a desire to know him better to memorize scripture. You can. You can memorize scripture. Number two, have a plan. Have a plan. So decide you can, have a plan. They, mem- they actually like rhyme here. You can memorize by topic, such as faith or stewardship. You can memorize by passage. Even better, we, as we study a particular book in the Bible, like John, in our coming context, we're going to talk about the Gospel of John. Pick something in John that's going to stimulate growth in your life. By the way, the whole book is chock full of them. Start with verse 1. It's great. Have a plan. Um, number three, write or type out the verse. Brute force it. Maybe not every time, but brute force that, that process of writing. You think about how much stimulation it takes. It takes thinking about it. It takes seeing it. It takes like the motor skill to write it out. That's a good thing. Um, I do this with pen and paper most of the time, but I have also found it great for a whiteboard to stand in front of a whiteboard and just write out something I'm trying to memorize over and over and over. Uh, if you don't have a whiteboard, just use pen and paper. Don't, don't bother getting, buying a whiteboard. Oh, Jared has one. He's willing to donate. Um, number four, draw picture reminders. Draw picture reminders. Okay, so we're trying to visualize what the verse says in this. For instance, in Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit, are outlined there, you could draw an apple, right? And now you're being reminded of the fruit of the Spirit. And now you can call the fruit of the Spirit to mind, right? This is a technique that we can use. Write or draw picture reminders. Use a mnemonic de- device. What does mnemonic mean? Mnemonic. Mnemonic, sorry. It's a P in my head. It's not mnemonic. M-N. Yeah. MN. Mnemonic. Yeah, I can't say it. I'm not going to try again. What is that? Memory aid tool. What is the what does it look like? What? It's an auditory device. Does anybody, can, does anybody have an like an interesting one that you can share with people? I'm not good at this. So anybody? Anybody? Um, I'm not sure what you're looking for, but um, when I was a kid um, in school stuff. They had um, different books on like audio audio cassette. Um, back then, and I want to listen to this. I didn't say a track. I think you may be thinking about um, something more internal to you. Like, uh, I've heard one person who's, unlike me, very good at at knowing, remembering names, Mm. and he said that one of the Things, one of the mnemonic devices he used was to find something humorous play on the person's name that mm. had to do with what they looked like. Mm. And he says, sometimes I can never share it with that person. Yeah. But <laughs> it's for the best. It's for the best, yes. But it helped him pin the name to that face. Yeah, it's really anything that can help you associate something you already have with something you're trying to memorize. That's basically what it is. So, like, like if we ever, if anybody ever did music, the way that you tried to remember how the what the the, the clef, the, the, the triple clef, every good boy does fine. 
That tells you all the lines. How do you know the spaces? Right, F A C E. Empty garbage before that closed. That one too. That one works. Anyway, these are all these are all picture reminders, kind of like they, they make a picture in our mind to help us remember something. So we've got to decide you can have a plan, write out the verses, draw picture reminders. Number five, memorize the whole verse word perfectly. Don't miss opportunities to share your faith or participate in prayer because of fear of misquoting a verse. By the way, I usually miss, mess up articles and verses. If you ever listen to me and you're like, well, that's not what the Bible says. <laughs> I probably messed up the A and the B, like those kind of things because they don't stick. Um, I try. Um, but knowing a verse word for word will help us keep from misinterpreting or misapplying scripture. Uh, there is a, a little book, little little booklet by Andy, uh, uh, not Andy Davis, Andy, yeah, Andy Davis, uh, pastor of First, Church, First Baptist Church of Durham, North Carolina. He wrote this book, it's called An Approach to Extended Memorization of Scripture. And he talks about how, to, how he memorized the whole Bible. And he, now, does Ken quote for you the whole Bible? No. But he, at one time or another, had the entire Bible memorized, like book by book. And he talks about how he did it in this, this uh, booklet called the, An Approach to Extended Meditation of Scripture. Number six, find a method of accountability. Find somebody else to memorize Scripture with. That, that usually helps you. Uh, in fact, I would say that it helps you a lot. If you have a spouse, built-in accountability person, right? Uh, we're going to memorize Philippians 1.8. Does anybody know what Philippians 1.8 is? Off the top of your head? Probably. <laughs> Talks about something about completion. Ah, he, who began a good work. He, he who began a good work. Well, bring it to completion. See, right? just to be honest, that's the hardest part. Start Throw out a verse, and then... Philippians 1 The address is so hard. The address yeah. is the hardest part. So, uh, but accountability helped you with that even address, because that's basically what we did. It's an exercise in accountability, right? Number seven, review every day. Memorize scripture like it's the most important of your memories that you want to remember. A lot of people like they flip through their photos, their photo albums, or through Facebook or their Instagram to remember what happened a year ago, right? They're like, "Oh, uh, didn't we? Didn't we go to that place?" And uh, they're like flipping through their Instagram if they have an Instagram. Uh, they're flipping through their photos and their photo book albums, uh, but it's. They don't forget about that because they're constantly being reminded of it, right? And in the same way, we need to review every day. If you, you might have known a verse last year, but you will lose it without the continuous repetition of it, right? Repetition is everything. Use it or lose it. Thank you for remembering that. Yes, remembering that. Number eight, make up songs. Sing songs. The corner room. I'm just giving it to you. It goes off in my house all the time. The kids are trying to memorize uh, Psalm 23 right now. And they basically have it word perfect because the corner room just blares in our house over and over in Psalm 23. And so, and that takes many, 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 many patient, 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 patient moments and asks them, the Lord is my, I shall not. He makes pastures he beat. And so she's patiently working with them to 
and different levels of memorization, right? So that they might have Psalm 23 memorized. So the goal of memorization is godliness, to be more like Christ. So we memorize the word to transform our minds. Romans 12, 1 to 2 tells us that the renewal of our minds is by the word and word alone. Make the effort. God's word promises that you will see tremendous <coughs> spiritual fruit and God will bear you through it. Okay, memorize the scriptures. Any questions about memorization? Yeah. Um, have you ever watched a spelling bee on ESPN? And they say the word, and then they spell the word, and then they say the word again. That's kind of how I go with Philippians 1 And then say the, say the verse, and then Philippians 1 so that I've got the address fixed. Something that I had learned at one point as well was not only to say the verse at the end, but to say each individual. So like Philippians 1 verse 1, say it. Verse 2, say it. Yeah. And it, and it keeps, gives order to your mind. You know one way that I've found that memorizing scripture works for me? How many of you like look at a block of text and just play, like glaze over? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't look at text that way anymore. I actually, if I'm trying to memorize something, I break it down to its phrases and I like shift it around on the page. So my entire mind goes with where it is on the page. So now I've visually got a cue where it is and all that stuff and I print it out and I put it up. And so if you want me to memorize 1 Corinthians 10, 13, right? I had to memorize it for school. But I did that and I put it up there. So I'm doing brute force. I'm looking at it every day. I'm constantly being reminded, right? But I'm also being reminded in a certain form, much like the Psalms are written, so that I can look at it and go, oh, I remember, I, I remember that because of that form. I don't remember 1 Corinthians 10, 13 off the top of my head. Uh, I know what it means mostly. Uh, yes, memorization, memorization is everything. Memorization leads to meditation. You memorize the word of God and you never think about it. <laughs> what good is it for you? In fact, I'd say that if you're trying to memorize it, you're going to think about it. Pretty amazing how that works. So number or like big heading number two, meditate on God's word. We memorize God's word, God's word, and then we meditate on God's word. When I say meditation, what do you think of? Eastern. Oh, I heard Eastern. Yeah. What? What? What's happening in those moments? Calm. Okay. What? They're trying to calm themselves. What are they actually trying to do to themselves? Empty, empty their mind. Right? They're trying to empty themselves of everything and become nothing. So they might be one with the universe. Right? I'm, uh, their, their idea is, is that if I empty myself, I can know things more. Or know more about this thing. And so meditation can sound pretty new agey. Right? But biblical meditation is commanded by God and is modeled by the saints in Scripture. For instance... Psalm 1997 says this, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Psalm 1 says, What about the blessed man? Meditates on the law of the Lord day and night. Right? 
Philippians 4.8 says this, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Right? Think about these things. Not other things, but within those categories, true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, worthy of praise. Think about these things. But let's define meditation before we go any further. Somebody have like a definition they want to throw out there? Meditation. Not biblical meditation in general, but meditation. I see it mostly as focusing. You can empty yourself in order to focus on one thing Hmm. particularly. Yeah. So getting rid of the distractions around you, trying to be focused like specifically on a scripture verse or on a topic of scripture, you're not going to have like the TV on, and some of you use lo-fi music, which I just don't understand. Sleep to it, and just, <laughs> it doesn't help me focus. But just trying to focus on a specific thing. Gotcha. Focus. Anybody else have any? Be mentally present in a place. Mentally present in a place. That's a good, good way of thinking. Uh, to to think to spend time thinking about something and then not just dropping it but bringing it back up again yeah continuing in that path right continuing in that path that it goes back to the root meanings of the words that are used for meditation Mm -hmm. uh for those who aren't or are you going to get into that nope not going there not going there for sake of time okay (laughs) (laughs) for sake of time but i'll keep thinking about it yes please do (laughs) meditate on that it is good So uh, let me give you a definition for meditation. It it basically involves everything that they've already said, and I'm going to give it to you for scriptural, like biblical meditation particularly. Meditation is deep thinking on the truths revealed in scripture for the purposes of understanding, application, prayer, and finally, joy. Finally, joy. Meditation goes beyond hearing, reading, studying, and memorizing as a means of taking in God's word. It is deeper and way more substantial. Christians don't meditate by emptying their minds. They fill them with the truth. So let's talk about this quickly. Why do we meditate? Number one, we have been promised that we will succeed. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, Joshua 1.8 says, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. The promise of success in God's eyes is living in and by his wisdom. He can count on his, you can count on his blessing if we do this, if we meditate on his word. Number two, not just the promise of success. Number two, meditation brings spiritual maturity. Psalm 119, 98 through 99. Notice a lot of Psalm 119. If you want to memorize just anything in the Bible, and you're like, I just want to memorize one thing. Psalm 119, start to end. Have fun. It's the longest chapter in the Bible. But it's also a great one. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies. For it is ever with me. I have more understanding than my teachers. For your testimonies are my meditation. Your testimonies are my meditation. Hearing the word at the church on Sunday is wonderful. But by itself, it can be like a short rainfall beating on a hard ground. 
the rain may just run off, not sinking in. But meditation is like the longer, steadier rain that soaks the ground all the way down, saturating you with the word. It brings wisdom and insight that will lead to a godlier life. Meditation is for godliness. So let's talk about a method. Meditation. Um, for the sake of time, I'm not going to ask how you meditate on scripture. I'm just going to give you a method. So if you do not have a method, here you go. Number one, select your verses that you want to meditate on. James 1.3 is a great one. Consider it my, consider my consider it joy, my brothers. <laughs> if I'm not singing, it's really hard. Uh, consider it joy, my brothers, that you meet, when you meet trials of various kinds, right? If it, that's the big beginning. It, select your verses, right? Particularly with what you're studying, it really helps if you can have that to connect. Select your verses. Number two, repeat the verse in different ways. Okay, what I mean by that is stress different words with different inflections until you make it your own. Having your own way of saying it helps you remember it. So like I'm, I can sing it to myself, but saying it out loud is really hard, right? Consider it joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds because you know the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. So that takes a lot of effort. But singing it, consider it joy, my brothers. You meet trials of various kinds. That's a lot easier. Repeat the word, repeat the verse in different ways. Number three, rewrite the verses in your own words. Okay? So don't don't him mishear me. Um, when we're trying to meditate on the word, we're trying to get what it means deep inside of us. Okay? And so sometimes summarizing it or paraphrasing that, that verse for us can help situate it deep in our hearts so that you might be able to recall scripture. Rewrite verses in your own words. Number four, and I think this is probably the best way to do it, pray through the text. Pray through the text. If you ever hear me pray out loud, which you do most weeks, most of those prayers are, are genuinely from the Psalms or based on a psalm for that situation or something like that. And the reason why I do that is not because I'm not creative enough to make it up on my own, but because the Lord has given me words that are already proven words from him. And he's already said that these words carry blessing. And those words that carry blessing are the ones that I want to know. I want to know the Lord. I want to know and be changed by him. So I pray his word. And so that's my, that's my conviction. I would, I would highly suggest that conviction to you. <laughs> that if you want to learn to pray, start with the word. If you don't know where to start, start with the Lord's prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Just, where is it? As it is on as it is in heaven. Just as on earth as it is in heaven. Sorry, I've got three different ones running in my head. Yeah, no, neither of them are in the ESV. Uh, but they'll start with the Lord's Prayer. Memorize that one. Number five, don't rush. Meditation by itself means it takes time. It takes time to do, and you cannot get away from that. You cannot memorize nor meditate on the word quickly. So if you're thinking, I got five minutes today, and I'm going to memorize Philippians 1.8. Well, you might get Philippians 1.8 memorized, but the first word is still not going to come to you 
until you've spent multiple five minutes memorizing Philippians 20. Don't rush. Number six, silence and solitude. Do it in silence and solitude so that you might, what Jerry was talking about, be able to focus on the word. So the method, select your verses, repeat the verse in different ways, rewrite your verses in your own words, pray through the text, don't rush. Silence and solitude is a must. And finally, journaling. And I'm going to spend these next two minutes flying through this. Who here journals? Who journals on scripture? So, what, do you know what I mean by journaling on scripture? I don't know what you mean. You don't mean. Thank you, Jared, for, for asking the question. We're saying, what is journaling? As a Christian, our journal is a personal place to record the works of God and the ways of God that have lived itself out through our lives. The very first question that we ask during prayer gathering is a journaling question. How have you seen God at work in your lives this week? It's a very journaling question, right? And so a journal just records those times, right? It meditates on those times. It helps you remember those times. Journaling is not a command in the Bible, by the way. So if you think that I'm saying, journal, the Bible says so. It doesn't. It says meditate. It says to memorize, but it doesn't say to journal. But journaling helps us memorize and meditate on the word. Scripture contains many examples of God-inspired journals. For instance, listen, just follow me, the Psalms. The Psalms are reflections on David's accounts, his personal spiritual journey with God through his life. The Psalms are just replete with how did God interact with David in this time in his life. Number two, another book, the book of Lamentations is just a journal. If you read Lamentations, be, be prepared. It's a lot of really dark stuff. But what should that tell you? That it's not always the Instagram-worthy things that are remem- worth remembering. The Instagram-worthy things, the, the beautiful things that you see on Instagram, or the picture-worthy things are not the ones that you, are not all, the only ones worth memories, memorizing or remembering. It is also the hard times. It is also the difficult times. So why do we journal? We journal, number one, to help us with self-understanding and evaluation. Number two, and, if you, and I'm, I'm just going to fly through these, helps us to meditate on Scripture. That's probably the most important part. Meditating on how Scripture interacts with our lives. Psalm 1, 1 to 2 says this, Blessed the man who walks not in the counsel of wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. This is where the spiritual disciplines of meditating on God's word and journaling meet. Putting our thoughts down on paper as we read the Bible is a good way of meditating upon God's word. Writing focuses our minds while we meditate on the word. And bringing pen and paper to our Bible times can heighten our sense of anticipation as we explore what is going on in the Word. If you, uh, I am not good at this, so hear me. Um, If you can listen to a sermon and take notes, that is a beautiful way to meditate on what's being said. Not not like point point one. Uh, His first point was. um, But actually interacting with what he's saying, or what I'm saying, or what Forrest is saying, whoever the preacher is. 
interacting with it in a way of, oh, that makes me think about this. This verse that he's speaking about makes me, uh, reminds me of that. Or points my heart to do this. Like, that's a good way to journal. Bringing pen and paper to our Bible times can heighten our sense of anticipation and understanding of the word. It also can help us express our thoughts and feelings to the Lord. Now, you're not writing psalms or scripture. But I mean, by, what I mean by that is by scripture. You can write a psalm, by the way. It's possible. It's just not going to be scripture. Um, but it helps you express your feelings and thoughts to the Lord about your life and how you can interact with uh, his word. Psalm 62.8 tells us to trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. And so you can pour out your heart to him and realize that because God is your refuge, he will hide you. He will comfort you. He will bring you under his wings. It helps us express our thoughts and feelings to the Lord. Number four, it helps us remember the Lord's works. Remember, we write down how God has interacted with us so that we might remember that God is still present in our lives. If we don't write those down, if we don't remember what God is doing in our lives and in our hearts, how easy is it to forget that he's around, that he's in you, that he's with you? Um, I submit, way too easy. Number five, helps us create and preserve a spiritual heritage. So I have a friend who actually, what he does is he takes Bibles, like the cheap kind, the, the $2 or the $3 cheap kinds, and all he does is underline things, and he goes through this Bible in a year. He underlines them in journals and journals in the columns, if there is any column in these $2 Bibles. Now I'm thinking about it. I don't know how he passed that down to me. Anyway, um, but he's doing it for the purpose of preserving a spiritual heritage and showing you, demonstrating for you, how God's Word interacts with your life. Okay, he's, he's, It's like a, a demonstration of journaling. But he does it on the Bible and with the Bible. Um, and that helps... It helped me understand what it is I'm supposed to be looking at and looking for and memorizing. Number six, to clarify and articulate, articulate our insights. <coughs> Francis Bacon. Does anybody know who Francis Bacon is? Kevin's brother. Kevin, not Kevin, not Kevin Bacon's brother. He says this, while, while reading makes a fool man a dialogue, and dialogue a ready man, writing makes an exact man. Okay, so writing, put your thoughts on paper, and solidifies it in your heart. So I do a lot of writing because I'm in seminary, but I will probably continue that as I continue to read and, and learn about who God is because it does help solidify God's work some ways in my heart. Um, and, I, and I commend it to you. Number seven, finally, helps us monitor our goals and priorities. So you see that through journaling. You can actually go back and say, what is my goal here? Why am I not getting this right? Why is this bothering me? Uh, always because I've strayed from this or this goal that I had. I've gone now and made six other goals before that goal, and I can't finish any of them because I'm unable to see the way that God is directing me. So it helps us monitor our goals and priorities. Let me just say, as a guy who wrote in notebooks for years and years and years, I am sorry that I did in some aspects, uh, particularly for journaling, because I can't find those notebooks anymore. Um, I don't know how about you, you guys, but I can't. I literally lose notebooks like over time. Uh, it doesn't, doesn't matter what I do. I can have it in my bag, and one day I'll take it out. It'll be on my desk. The next time it's not on my desk, and I'll go, which of you four have taken my, <laughs> my, my journal? Um, 
Uh, so if you're going to journal on pen and, with pen and paper, do it in a way that you can preserve it and keep it in some safe fashion. Um, so notebooks, that's a good way of doing it. Loose leaf paper, I'm going to ask you, why would you ever do that? You're going to lose that faster than you're going to lose a notebook. Uh, and like me, you will probably lose it faster than you wrote on it, because uh, that's just how I am. And so uh, finally, what I am going to come to you is a note taking app on your phone or on the, on the online or whatever. Uh, I have an iPad, um, that helps me, but like, there's the, what is that thing called? The Remarkable. The remarkable. I, I'm not saying you gotta buy any of that, I'm just saying like. But it is great. Keep it, yeah, keep it on the computer so that you can reflect and go back to it through time. So, we've talked about meditation. We've talked about memorization. Memorization, meditation, and journaling. Um, with all that comes learning, and you cannot learn something unless you have turned it over and over and over and over and over in your mind, meditated on it, memorized it, all those things. Uh, we're going to end. I'm sorry it was a lot of me talking, but I spent four weeks on one part, on one thing, and now I'm done. I commend me. I, I literally got through that whole, whole one. Thank you, Forrest. Encourager over here. Um, with that, let's pray, and we're going to get ready for service. Father in heaven, we pray that you continually make yourself known to us, that you not shut off the wisdom, nor the grace, the mercy that you have from us, but point our hearts and our eyes toward your Son and your ways and your works and your will in your word by your Spirit. Lord, show us your glory, even in these next few minutes this next couple hours as we look at you a little more intently in word and deed. And we love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.